You're listening to the Life Tree Church Sermon of the Week. We pray that as you hear this word, you would be encouraged and inspired as you pursue Jesus in your everyday life. dive into what's in my heart this morning, but I'm going to give you the condensed version. You guys ready? We've been, we've been talking lately for some weeks on the concept of discipleship. We opened up on Easter from Jesus saying, all authority in heaven and on earth have been given to me, and we, we spoke of that in terms of that he's the ultimate authority in the field of human flourishing. Therefore, whatever he says to us, whatever he instructs, whatever he teaches is for our good, it's for the good of others, and it's for the good of the world. That's what his, that's what his commands are about. They're never just a power trip. They're actually for the good of you, the good of others, the good of the world. And today I just was, we, sorry, before I go actually, so what we've been doing in the week since is looking at what Jesus taught and how he made disciples. And today I wanted to look at something that we could pick a ton of different scriptures because uh, he says this concept again and again and again in different ways. But today we're going to look at Luke 6, verse 43 to 45. I'm just going to read it to you. Jesus says, No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And the main thing I want us to catch from that scripture is this idea that he said that the good man brings forth good things from the good that is stored up in his heart. In other words, the, the fruit that your life produces is directly related to the condition of your heart. The type of fruit your life produces is directly linked to the type of heart you have. In other words, Jesus is prioritizing like he does again and again in various ways our internal environment. He's saying what's happening inside of you really matters. And, and what I want to talk to you today about is roots, fruit, and seeds. And we're just going to go through this real quick. It's all, it's all here. It's in this picture, right? But Jesus is always coming back to this idea that, that at the end of the day, it's what he wants to do in us is primary. He, he wants to change the world, yes, but he starts changing the world by changing you. He changes the outside by changing the inside. He wants to prioritize our internal state, our heart condition. That's the roots. The roots matter, right? What's happening in our heart really matters. Jesus makes a big deal about it. Jesus teaches, you may be familiar, right, in Matthew, that adultery starts with a thought. Murder starts with a thought, right? These, this internal reality. And yet, oftentimes in our uh, culture and the world, it's not just now, it's been for generations. We prioritize external appearances. Do you know what I'm talking about? Right? Like you can see it in social media. You get likes and follows if you look good. 
can see it in celebrity culture. If you will just entertain us, we will pay you lots of money. We don't really care about the content of your life. Just entertain us. You can see it in politics. Just say the right thing, and we will empower you. We will vote. Just, just tell us what we want to hear. You can even see it, guys, in religion, in, in, in a lot of church culture, in all forms of religion. There is this thing that says, hey, follow these rules, don't ask questions, and we will accept you and we will approve of you, right? As long as you keep that front up, we're good. You guys know what I'm talking about. But Jesus is very different than religion. Jesus is saying good fruit comes from good roots, not good rules. Good fruit comes from good roots, not just good rules. The roots are in here. The reality of what's going on in your heart. Another place you could go into the Old Testament to see this is in Proverbs 4.23. And Solomon writing says, above all else, do what? Guard your heart, for from it flows everything you do. So if you read it in the context, he's saying, yeah, you know what? Listen to my teaching. Learn my instructions. He says, watch your mouth. Be, be aware of what you say. You know, uh, be aware of the focus of your life and the direction of where you're headed. But above all else, before all these things, guard your heart. And when you guard your heart, everything else flows from that. You know, we get taught in our, in our life, in this world, guard your money. Guard your reputation. Guard your appearance. Right? He says, guard your heart. Because rules and regulations and appearances and all this sort of stuff, right? They'll only take you so far. You can read all the best books about the right, the right things to say, the right things to do, but unless there's a transformation on the inside, it's no lasting fruit that will be produced. A leadership quote that I heard again recently that our team heard me repeating this Tuesday, culture eats strategy for breakfast. That's a leadership quote. And the idea is, is that you can have all sorts of strategy in place as an organization, or you could put strategies in place for your own life. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. But unless it's actually an internal culture, it's not going to bear lasting fruit. Are you with me? God is keen to develop his culture on earth. Jesus taught us, when you pray, pray like this. Anybody know it? Right? Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That is God's keen idea, keen desire to establish the culture of heaven on earth. Right? But heaven transforms the world around us first by transforming the world within us. The world around us doesn't get transformed until the world within gets transformed. That's the roots. And there's fruit that comes from it. There's an external reality, right? 
How do you think it affects, even this, just real simple one to start with, but do you believe it affects a room when you walk in with a negative thought pattern going through your head? How many of you know you come home from a day's work and you haven't reset, you just walk in here like, oh, I'm so tired and like, my job sucks or whatever might have gone through your mind. I know I had lots of those days roofing, if I'm honest. Uh, and and I, I just like would come down and I know, and I bet you Telsey could go, mm, amen, you know, that I would, I would come in the house and I just bring this atmosphere with me, right? But the, but, but the opposite can be true as well. Doesn't all that be negative? Or what happens, anybody relate to this? You ever walk into a room and you feel within you, do I belong here? Am I welcome in this space? Does anybody want me here? I, I think if we're all honest, all the hands in the room go up, okay? And it's, it's like everybody deals with that. Well, guess what? When you bring that insecurity, that narrative in your head into the room, you bring insecurity into the room. We add to it. And, and the, the, the solution is not just like, you know, we'll stuff that down and pretend it's not there, you know. The, the solution is get filled with the gospel. You are loved and accepted by the King of kings and the Lord of lords, the Father of lights. The solution is not more bravado. The solution is this humble confidence in who you are in Christ, and that, that humble confidence in you from knowing who you are and who loves you, it's infectious. It affects the space around you. Knowing you're loved and accepted actually helps others know that they're loved and accepted. Grace received becomes grace extended. You know, when you know that God loves you despite your flaws, it's a game changer for how you interact with people. Because guess what? Uh, everybody you meet is flawed. Have you ever noticed that? You're like, no. <laughs> everybody you meet, they have the power to hurt your feelings, to offend you, to do something wrong against you. And when you understand that that's exactly what you did to the Lord and he loves you and that gets in you, you begin to extend it to others. That internal reality has an external impact. Now, the greatest example of this is Jesus himself. Always. We always go to Jesus. If you have any idea what we do around here at Life, we talk a lot about Jesus. And Jesus was like a walking encounter with the culture of heaven. Like wherever Jesus went, healings happened. Amazing things happened. People's lives were changed. He, he, he carried healings and miracles with him everywhere he went. This culture was expressed through grace and truth in his life. He extended grace, but he wasn't afraid to speak the truth either. He, he held them in tension. But the greatest example of the internal reality affecting the external that I can think of from the life of Jesus is when he calms the storm. You guys know this story? Mark 4, they're in a storm. Jesus and his disciples, they're going across the Sea of Galilee, and this great storm comes upon them. And what's Jesus doing? He's sleeping in the boat. And the boys are like, Jesus, wake up! Don't you know we're dying? They're fishermen, right? Like, it's, a, it's an intense storm. 
Jesus gets up. Peace be still. What happens? The wind stops. But it also says, and everything was calm. So not only did the wind stop, but the waves calm. They're blown away. You know, in that time and in that culture, water was this very mysterious, powerful force that, that throughout all sorts of cultures in that time, in that area, it was like, it was a scary thing. Great power in the water. And so when Jesus says, peace be still, and not only does the wind stop, but the waves and the water settles, it says they're terrified. Who could this be? Like his authority was manifest. It was like the, the flex of all flexes of Jesus' authority and who he is. But how does it start? The disciples are panicked, and what's Jesus doing? He's asleep. The peace that Jesus had within, he was able to release without into the environment around him. So much so that the storm stops, the waves stop. Now here's the deal. There's a storm raging in our world. Can anybody see it? Like when you look out at the world, do you ever think a storm might be a good analogy to understand what's happening in the world? How would you describe the storm in the world? Maybe another question would be, what are some of the ultimate problems that our world faces right now? I could just read a list to you if you want. Do you want to, instead of the like, engagement, we'll leave it as a rhetorical question and I'll just, I'll just read here. Thanks, Tim. I got up here a list. Sexual immorality. It's a big problem in the world. Theft and greed, deceit and corruption, murder and violence, envy and jealousy, slander and gossip, arrogance and just plain foolishness. Anybody seen some of those things around? Here's another scripture, okay, that we could have looked at today as a starting point, but we'll look at it here. Jesus, Mark 7, verse 21. Listen to this. For it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. All these evils come from inside. Now here, here's what I'm wanting us to see and catch as we look at this. is We can look out there at the world and go, oh my gosh, look at all those problems. Where do they start? They start in the heart. It starts in the hearts of humanity. The biggest problems that we face in the world start as heart issues. The big problems out there start in here. Now, if those evils come from within, is it possible that some good can come from within? 
Is it possible that the good that, that is needed in the world is supposed to start in here? It is so easy to look out at all the problems and, and, and see them as detached from them, but yet we're called to be those people who are cultivating the culture of heaven on earth. Guess where it starts? Right here. Right here. Peace in you can release peace around you. Love in you can release love around you. Hope and faith in you can release hope and faith around you. Anybody ever get around somebody who's just saturated with hope and faith and you just feel a little better after you, you walk away from them? You know, we've been talking about healing here recently. And I can tell you, like, I really started to see more miracles and healing happen around me in my life when I hung around people of faith. I got to go on trips with Jonathan Conrath or, or Bob Brasse or Bill Johnson or these different ones, and I'd, I'd hang around these people. Well, guess what? Hanging out in the presence of their faith, I started seeing more things happen. Good fruit perpetuates. Bring us to seeds, okay? This isn't just like an agricultural lesson today, but here we go, okay? Uh, good trees produce good fruit, which produce good seeds, which produce good trees, which produce good fruit, which produce good seeds, which produce good trees, and so on, so on, so on, right? It perpetuates. When we think about the seeds, I want you to just think about it in these terms. There's a, there's a cultivation process. Okay? Coming back to the proverb, right? Above all else, do what? Guard your heart. What seeds are you sowing in your heart? With your thoughts? With your words? You know, Jesus last statement from the verse we opened with is that out of your mouth, sorry, the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. In another version of this in Matthew, he actually talks about how we're going to give account for every single word that we speak. I know some might, you might hear this and you might go, are we just talking about like the power of positive thinking here this morning? Well, first, I'd like to say there's nothing wrong with positive thinking, okay? <laughs> I would way rather it over negative thinking. Uh, but, but think of it in terms of a renewed mind, if you'd like more biblical language. There, there, is, there is this process where we can actually have our mind renewed, the way we think renewed, how we feel affected by that and what comes out of our life be the result of it. So the best advice I can give any of you this morning to just make it real practical is plant the gospel 
again and again in your heart and in your mind. What does that look like? It looks like taking just simple truths that we learn from the gospel. Now, in order to know these truths, I'm going to break it to you here. You've got to read your Bible. You've got to read your Bible for these things to, to go deep, and you need the Spirit of God to speak to you. But things like, you know, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Meditate on that. That'll change you a bit. Right? I'm seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. We were singing that this morning. That might affect you some. Right? Greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. Rehearse that. So when you walk into that room and you're like, am I even welcome here? Does anybody like you? It's like, God loves me. I'm seated in heavenly places with Christ. Greater is he who is in me than he is in the world. That'll do something to you. Here's another one to guard your heart with. Deal with offense. When you got offense towards someone in your heart, you know, maybe you can just pray with Jesus and, and you're good. But a lot of the times you have to have the, the, the scary conversation of actually like processing it with people. You have to come vulnerable. You don't come, you don't come with all your fence like, oh, you know, you, you come and go, I was hurt. That hurt me. Because I've seen it. When you don't deal with that, you know what it does? That's the word. It's on my notes up here. It festers. It turns into an infection. And not only does it affect you, it affects the people around you. You know, a family with a fence falls apart real fast. A team with a fence falls apart real fast. A church with a fence falls apart real fast. And he wants to bring the culture of heaven to earth through us. The other one, another fun one here, confess your sins. Actually... Speak it out to trusted people. You want a clear conscience? Confess your sins. The, the promise from Jesus is that as we walk in the light, it says he is faithful to cleanse us. There's an actual cleansing of your heart and your conscience and who you are that happens when you choose to walk openly with people versus keeping things concealed. Think life and blessing. Speak life and blessing. Operate from that place. You know, maybe, maybe if you've got hurt in your heart towards someone, you need to actually take some time to hold them before the Lord and start to thank Him for things that you can see in their lives. Might be hard at first. But it'll change you. We're racing through here this morning. I told you, condensed. But above all else, you want, you want good roots producing good fruit. It's planting good seeds. You abide in the vine. John 15, right? Jesus invites us, abide in me. But it looks like just look at Jesus. 
Observe who he is and what he's like. Read the Gospels. Ask the Spirit to speak to you through his life. Fellowship with Jesus, and you will naturally look more like him. When I think about Jesus, and we're thinking about this idea, right, that he says that that the the good man is going to bring good things forth from the good in his heart, right? There's this external fruit that comes from this internal reality. I think about the life of Jesus. Think of the potency of goodness in the life of Jesus. He is like, uh, you know, Balsamic reduction or something when it comes to goodness. It's just like there's so much goodness in Jesus. It's just pure goodness. Okay? You get rid of everything else. He's just good. Three years of public ministry. Now 2,000 years later, billions of followers... Billions every week studying his words. Only 120 followers praying in the upper room after his death and resurrection. There was a a potency of goodness. It wasn't his marketing campaign. It wasn't how many followers he was able to get on. I don't know. They didn't have social media back then. Who knows how they did it. But... um, but there's this idea I see in Jesus that, that there can be such potent, pure goodness in the life of a person that it can change the world. He says, follow me. Right? The call is to be like Jesus. It's that simple. So it's things like when evil comes to you, you don't repeat, repay evil with evil. You repay evil with what? Good. Remember hearing Jonathan Conrad say, you squeeze a lemon and you get lemon juice. You squeeze a Christian, you're supposed to get Christ, right? There's a different culture in you. There's something different inside of you that comes out of you. And we really believe here at LifeTree that this is how it happens. That's why in the, the sentence you'll see written all over the place on the website or on the offering envelopes or elsewhere we say... We're a family all about transforming, sorry, all about <laughs> declaring, displaying. Jesus, I'm getting to the end, the part I wanted to get to. We're a family all about declaring, displaying Jesus. This is the part. To transform lives and benefit our city. It's on purpose that it's said that way because we believe we won't actually benefit the city unless we transform lives. We, we, can, we, can, we can go after like shaping the environment and the exterior of the world around us, but we don't believe that we can actually do that unless people get changed. And people get changed from the inside out. Condensed version. There you go. So let's, uh, let's stand, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word that you sent us in and through Jesus. That he wasn't afraid to tell us hard things or call us to take responsibility or to go right to the heart of the matter. 
Lord, we say we are people, we, we see the storm in the world, we see the mess, we see all the stuff, and we want to see it change, we want to see it get better, and we want to be a part of it getting better. And so we're asking that you would change our world by changing our hearts first. We open our hearts to you, and we welcome you, Lord, to have your way with us. Develop the culture of heaven in the hearts of your people, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the LifeTree Church Sermon of the Week. At LifeTree, we are a family all about declaring and displaying Jesus to transform lives and benefit our city. If you'd like to find out more about LifeTree, you can find us online at lifetree.ca.